You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everyone. Welcome to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and I want to welcome you to a terrific Tuesday. I'm excited because my guest who's in the building, I've been able to do work with her in the community, Miss Kathleen Hosfeld, uh, the CEO and Executive Director for Homestead Community Land Trust, is joining me today. And I'm really, y'all, I'm, I'm excited about the work they do, so we're going to talk about that. But also, they have an exciting event that's coming up this week. So we'll be talking about that as well. But of course, you know, it is the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. You get to participate with us. Go ahead, tag and share the stream with folks who you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. And if you cannot watch our TV show, we have you covered even still, because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever platform is your favorite. Y'all will find us there. Well, shout out to everyone who is making this happen behind the scenes. And before I get into my episode today with Kathleen, I got to send a huge shout out to my girl, Basa Gordon. If y'all are not tuning in to Back to Basa on QFOX 13, um, please start tapping in. She is showcasing some amazing work that's going on out here and different spaces that you can all tap into right here in the Pacific Northwest. But I love her style and her flair because she really brings her whole personality to all that she does. And she is in so many different areas and arenas. I am loving Back to Besa. It is another example of how we can utilize our platforms to uplift brilliance happening within our community and beyond. And Besa is doing such a great job of that. So if you are not tuning in, you are missing out on Saturdays uh, at at 10.30, make sure you tap in. She is doing great work. And, you know, she has worked so hard. Y'all don't even know the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes. And so I just wanted to say publicly to my girl, thank you. Thank you for all that you have poured in to yourself, all that you poured into your brand and to the show Back to Besa, as well as all that you're still doing on radio. Uh, what a phenomenal force to be reckoned with. And I'm so grateful to be in this work with you, girl. Shout out to you. Continue to do what you do. Continue to shine brightly for all of us to see. And I want to encourage y'all out there, not just about tuning in to the works that we do, but actually understanding that we do a lot of work to be here for y'all, to uplift others. And there's something that is so special about knowing that it is impacting you. So if you are watching Back to Besa and you're inspired by what she's doing, shoot her a DM. Uh, let her know that, you know, man, what you've done or that interview or, you know, when you were in that space and you were telling that story or talking to that restaurant owner or that business owner, you know, it really allowed me to, hey, get out of my shell and 
and go and explore new spaces and places. Let her know how it's inspiring you and impacting you in that positive way because that feedback is so beautiful for us to receive. And I have already thanked so many folks and I do it all the time who are continuously pouring into me, but I wanted to give some time to uplift my girl, Besa. So proud of you, Besa. You are killing the game, as they say. And I'm just grateful that I get to be in this work with you. Well, after this short break, I actually get to speak to somebody who I've also been in work with, Miss Kathleen Hosfeld from Homestead Community Land Trust is going to be sharing more about their work and this amazing event right after this short break. Y'all stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. One in every 500 African Americans in the U.S. suffers from sickle cell disease. One in three African American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell. One appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life. Will you be that one? Visit redcrossblood.org/ourblood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you. The new COVID-19 updated booster provides the best protection available right now. So don't wait. Stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today. To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash vaccine. When I think about what I would say to a young entrepreneur right now is that there are so many opportunities for growth and learning here in Seattle, Washington and take full advantage of it. There is all kind of training programs, all kind of grant micro lending programs, so many opportunities. Please take advantage of all that so that you can get the learning that you need so you have a firm foundation so your business can grow. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I really like that music, y'all. <laughs> I'm really excited because I get to bring on someone who has been doing great work in the community, and I personally have been able to experience their level of dedication. Welcome, Miss Kathleen. How are you? I'm doing great. So happy to be with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Well, absolutely. I think it was about that time, right? I mean, we've done work together, and it's been inspiring for me to understand the dedication that Homestead Community Land Trust has had to build affordable home ownership right here throughout Seattle, greater metro area uh, and beyond. Y'all have been very dedicated to it. But for those who may not know, tell us more about Homestead Community Land Trust. Thank you. And I just want to say it's also been a privilege to do that work with you, with Africatown Community Land Trust and the community of Skyway and a lot of other partners that we have. Uh, Homestead is a, a classic community land trust. It was. It's a nonprofit membership organization, and our primary focus is on creating home ownership opportunities for people who are income qualified, meaning people for whom home ownership is uh, five hundred thousand dollars higher than what they can afford. So we are dedicated to building homes, pricing them at the level that everyday people can afford, making it possible for them to have those first-time home buying experiences that put them on the path to building assets and building wealth, but also at the same time, stabilizing people, giving them a chance to thrive in place, to build networks in their neighborhood and uh, to, to uh, support them in just 
feeling like they belong in our communities. So um, home ownership is this amazing ticket to financial well-being, but also social well-being, health outcomes, uh, better academics, um, something called economic mobility, which is sort of the sum total of all of that that enables people to thrive once they've had a chance to live in an owned home. We want that for all folks. And we want to be doing this work more and more in partnerships that model how we've worked with Africatown, how we are working with the community of Skyway. We want our work to be community-led, community-centered, and we want to keep giving voice to the people who uh, live in our homes, uh, what gets built, where it gets built, who builds it, making sure that we're bringing those economic opportunities for that are involved with the construction process back to our communities, back to the people, again, who've been shut out of these opportunities in the past. So we're just uh, excited to um, be able to to do that work in and with community and with par great partners like you. Well, it, it, you know, it's great for me. It's one of those things where I'm like, it's just great to be able to know that this work is happening. You know, when I was, um, I've said it many a times on this this, on this show, but, you know, studying urban studies, there was no understanding of human-centric design back then. And, you know, traveling the world and, and learning how cities are built globally was such a great way for me to get a purview of some of the different kind of designs that we could do as a collective and also some of the different approaches to development, which, you know, it seemed like it was a one track. And it's like, no, there have been these models that have been created and used over time in a lot of different areas that we need to benefit from here, particularly in a city like Seattle, where the rising interest rates and, you know, all of this money that's involved in, in uh, property uh, evaluation means that a lot of people are getting shut out from home ownership. Absolutely. And so I, I really, the, the work that I do with Africatown still as an ambassador, y'all, for their phenomenal work is because I understand the need for these different models to be here so that people can experience that next level. And one of the things that I loved about, you know, working with Homestead was it was clear home ownership is key to other things. And Absolutely. we need to be able to think about the half step. If you can't take the full step right now because of finances, how can you take a half step exactly. that also allows you to be anchored in home ownership? How have you been able to experience some of the homeowners that Homestead has been able to bring on board and give that first experience of home ownership too? Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing to be able to hand the keys to someone that was ready to give up, ready to move away. Um, we have stories on our YouTube channel about, um, homeowners that before they found the opportunity to buy an affordable home were thinking, oh, I have to leave. These are artists, um, you know, people who do great work for the um, Veterans Administration. I mean, um, people who are um, who do healthcare work. You know, these are vital people in our community. We don't want them to have to move to the Midwest. Yeah. And because uh, this problem of of home ownership um, being out of reach and housing being expensive is statewide. It's it's all up and down the I-5 corridor. So um, when people think I'm going to have to move away, they think not just move to Tacoma, 
they're thinking I have to move to a different state where there's more housing opportunity. So one person that I talked to, um, the way they put it was, um, you know, when I am a renter, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when my rent is going to go up. I don't know how much it's going to go up. I don't know if I'm going to have to move every 12 months because my rent keeps increasing. But if I have a mortgage and that fixed rate mortgage, I know how much I'm going to be paying every month. I know it's going to be affordable because that's what the whole process is about. And I, I know I'm safe is the way they put it. Um, the people, we did a study with the University of Washington, um, some um, health uh, care students um, did a study of the people who were waiting to get into our program. Um, and they studied the anxiety levels they were experiencing uh, waiting for affordable housing. Um, it, it won't surprise you at all that although the anxiety levels of uh, people across ethnicities was about the same. The living conditions of people of color on our list were far worse and their situations were far more dire. Um, they, and so that just, you know, rededicates us to keep lowering those barriers to make sure that people of color in particular have access to these opportunities to, to uh, purchase through our program. Yeah. And, you know, this for me is also one of those things where it's like we've seen so many, I mean, my family included, myself included, um, having to leave the communities that we grew up in. And y'all are providing opportunities for folks to actually move back and have that level of sustainable living um, that allows them to still be a part of the community that they grew up in, the community that they've known and loved. And even though it may change in terms of demographics, um, we still still say that, you know, black folks still care about the CD, you right. know, right? Like it's like, they're, it, it, and the same is true for other ethnic groups in other communities. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's about uh, having um, an anchor where you know the area, you know the history of the area. There's mm -hmm. something so special about that. Uh, and I love that that Homestead really brings that opportunity out. Uh, it's, it's great to hear that, you know, it's so impactful the work you do, but it's also so necessary. And it provides a model that I think so many can learn from. When you think how you've been able to share the model, share the, the pathway, because y'all have a master application. You you don't make it very strenuous on the, the folks who are looking to get one of your homes. It is a process that's guided. Y'all have staff that help people through mm -hmm. the process. There's so much about what y'all have done that also creates that model. How have you been able to share that? Well, in a variety of ways, but it, you know, one of the things about being homestead is that we've actually been a fairly under-resourced organization. So when you talk about wanting to walk with people in their experience of buying the home, we don't even do as much as we would like. Um, but uh, you know, what we're doing is we're trying to share the model with communities that come to us and say, we want affordable home ownership in our neighborhoods. How can we partner to bring that model? And I, I think about sometimes the folks that uh, buy outside of an affordable housing program, they don't have anybody except their realtor to help them through the process. But in if you're in one of our programs or you're buying one of our homes, you've got staff that will answer your questions. 
uh, that uh, the, they say, my bank is doing this. I got this question. Um, or the seller of the home is doing this. What, you know, how, what do I, how do I even think about what I'm seeing? Uh, there is staff to support folks um, in that process. And so we want that. But wouldn't that be nice if everybody had uh, yeah. a team yeah. of three people uh, supporting you in your home purchase? Um, and I say we don't do as nearly as much as we would like to do, but um, I, I think we we are able to support and we're sharing that with more of the community-based organizations that we work with. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, I think in anything, there's room for growth, but you start somewhere, right? And you start in a place that is still very much a service model. Uh, folks that have that heart for service, uh, really wanting to help folks, you know, deal with it. You know, you think of home buying as like one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make in your life. Mm -hmm. And it comes with a lot of different things in that regard. But to have that level of support is so key. Uh, now y'all are doing this amazing event. I mm -hmm. want to hear all about this event. Tell us the details. So I'll tell you a little bit about the specific event that we on Thursday, September 7th. We are honored to present Dr. Henry Louis Gates in a conversation with Vivian Phillips. Ah, oh, so, so exciting. exciting. Um, 7.30 Town Hall, Seattle. Um, the event is essentially a benefit for Homestead, but it's not going to be like your typical fundraiser. It's really about bringing more people into our community uh, to focus on uh, racial disparities in homeownership, the racial wealth gap, and to invite more people to be part of the solutions. Um, you know, Homestead's work is one uh, solution al alongside many that are seeking to address the systemic inequities in our housing market. Um, and we want people to be aware of that, but more importantly, to, um, to look at the how we got here. You know, there's a, a thing I often say um, is I, I quote this physicist named um, uh, Ken, Ken Boulding, who said, um, things are the way they are because they got that way. Mm. And it's 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 basically saying we're here because of all the choices, thousands, millions of choices that have led to this moment. And the power that's available to us is that when we make different choices, we can create different outcomes. We can create a more equitable system. So uh, that's that's what we hope will be an outcome of this event. Yeah, this for me is one of those things where, you know, oftentimes opening up the opportunity for folks to understand the power behind the work and the reason for the existence of land trust models is great. Uh, why did you think like this event was going to be the way to kind of bring people into the work? I'm, I'm just so grateful you asked that question because um, we think about these inequalities in homeownership and in racial uh, wealth, um, the racial wealth gap. And because of the racial reckoning that came out of the George Floyd murders during the pandemic, you know, a lot of people have started thinking about homeownership and the opportunity for folks to build wealth uh, through ownership, either of a business or farms or, or homes. And there's been a focus on racially restrictive covenants 
in redlining um, as part of that new Jim Crow or old Jim Crow even um, uh, work that 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 segregated communities and kept people uh, from owning homes. But those things, the covenants and the redlining are symptoms. So if we, we think about that word symptom, we think about a medical metaphor. When somebody gets sick, sometimes symptoms have to be treated because they can have dev devastating consequences. So you have a fever, we treat that fever. But if we want to heal the patient, we have to look at what's going on that's causing the fever. And so Dr. Gates has written an amazing book called Stony the Road. It's about the rise and fall of Reconstruction and the rise of Jim Crow in the United States and how that period, that 100-year period after the Civil War, brings, sets the table for these inequities that we experience in housing, uh, sets up the dynamic of polarization in our politics and our civic discourse. And so we, what we wanted to do was first let the people affected tell that story. We wanted Dr. Gates to tell that story and to talk about what happened after the Civil War. A lot of people don't know that there was this beautiful flowering of economic activity after the Civil War that then was clawed back by Jim Crow, by legislation, by propaganda, that uh, the black community just rose up and created Black Wall Street, all these amazing things. And then there was the clawing back of all of this. And, and the seeds were sown of many of the ideas that, um, that live in the implicit bias of people today about who black people are, who they were at the time, and then how that impacts the opportunities that should be available. So we wanted Dr. Gates to t tell that story, to educate us. We're going to interrogate those facts. We are not here to litigate those facts. Those are facts. What happened is a fact. We are not, we need to bring them back out of the history books, look at them with a cold eye and say, this is the genesis of many of the systemic inequities that we're experiencing right now. Now, how do we be inspired by the people that pushed back? How do we bring that inspiration into this present moment and take action collectively? Community land trusts came out of that, that desire to push back on segregation, on inadequate housing, on you know just squelching people's ability to speak out. Uh, civil rights era leaders created the Community Land Trust to create ownership opportunities specifically for black people in the South. And they did so in a way that they were addressing both ownership opportunities, but also displacement. Mm. Um, people were being, black sharecroppers were being displaced from land uh, owned by white landlords because they registered to vote and because they dared to speak out against segregation. So what the founders wanted to do was create those ownership opportunities, but also prevent people uh, from being displaced off the land. And so they put their trust in the safety of collective ownership 
of land. It just happens that they created an amazing, brilliant model that was able to be used in urban settings um, where gentrification gentrification and displacement are still happening for discriminatory reasons. But a lot of times it's the market. It's it's that gentrification, that building of new buildings and um, taking over land that where we once had tight-knit communities like the Central District, taking over beautiful economic systems that have built up within uh, the, the segregation laws and the restrictions that people have experienced. Um, it's, it's that gentrification that is pushing people out today. And so today, you know, 70 years later, this brilliant model that they created is solving the problem of homeownership and displacement and not just for people of color. It is a tool that is benefiting all people of lower incomes. So we just want to celebrate that. We want people to be inspired by uh, that story and by other stories of, of people pushing uh, back against segregation. And we really want to bring together a stronger community uh, to support the expansion of community land trusts and other systemic interventions that are, um, as Dr. Gates put it, finish the reconstruction. <laughs> wow, Kathleen, that is phenomenal. And it's great thought that you and your team have put into curating this event. Obviously, as you said, yes, to benefit the land trust, but also to really explore these ideas more and bring them out to a collective body of folks who can then spread it out into their networks. As I see that there's a web of knowledge sharing that happens when we all begin to understand some of the facets behind the foundation of such an existence of land trust and also how we can take that in now as uh, understanding that it was a model to be a part of the resistance. Exactly. And I think um, there's a lot of folks who have maybe never even put those two together, right? Exactly. Like, but that's really what it is. And I think of collective ownership as just that, because there's something to be said about collective power. But when you think about the, the, power that exists in the economics of land ownership. There's something very special about that when it pertains to land. So, you know, that's why I've been, you know, as someone who's worked with Africatown Community Land Trust, uh, worked with Homestead as a partner, um, other models, I was able to really learn all of these other models of collective ownership. And I was blown away by the wide array of opportunities that existed for folks when they came together, mm -hmm. right? To say, right. you know, we are tenants of this building. Why can't we own this building if exactly. it's going up for sale? Mm -hmm. You know, it takes that, that, that bold approach mm -hmm. sometimes to bring about innovation. Absolutely. So thank you for sharing the, the, the reason behind all of this. Of course, um, if folks want to learn more about Homestead Land Trust, if this is open to the public, if they want to come, uh, look right there, let them know how they connect. Okay. Yes, please uh, join us on September 7th for Dr. Henry Lewis Gates. You can find tickets and other information at Homestead's website, H-O-M-E, S-T-E-A-D-C-L-T dot O-R-G 
we have priced our tickets to be as uh, accessible as possible, going from $0 and, and on up. So if you would like to attend and are not able financially to do so, we still want you there. We still want you to be part of that conversation. You can also find on our website other ways to engage. If you happen to miss the event, um, there's lots of different... Oh, uh, meetings that we're going to be having about how you can get involved with Homestead. And we'll do a lot of follow-up to make sure that people know ways to plug in and join uh, with others in the community to take forward the work of uh, completing the reconstruction. Yeah, absolutely, Kathleen. Thank you so much for your work and thank you for being here with me today. Thank you, Trey. It's such a pleasure and an honor. Thank absolutely. you so much for your work in community, for Converge Media's work. We're really blessed to have you and uh, just so grateful to have an opportunity to share this event with you. Absolutely. Right on, y'all. Look, I'm going to tell you, there's something for me that's uh, it's a specialty in my heart. And it really started with Africatown Community Land Trust. Um, and probably before that, to be honest, because as a student of urban studies, uh, there was a reason why I went into urban studies and communication. I wanted to do both because I understood the opportunity before us to really utilize our voice to shape what our built environment looks like. And that land trust model is a part of the thread of how we as community members can be engaged and involved in all of these amazing development projects that are shaping our built environment, shaping the reality of our neighborhoods. So I'm so grateful that Kathleen was able to be here. Of course, I get to wrap it all up right after this short break, y'all. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a phenomenal episode. Honestly, I could have spoken to Kathleen for a very long time here about the work of Land Trust, the model that it provides in terms of affordable home ownership, but also this concept of the land trust model being a tool and a modicum for finishing the reconstruction as Dr. Henry Louis Gates is saying. And if you want to learn more and be there for this conversation, he'll be having with Vivian Phillips. Make sure you go to homesteadclt.org so that you can get your tickets, support this amazing organization for the work they're doing. But of course, y'all know I was inspired by what Kathleen was sharing. It's one of the main reasons why I pour so much of my activism and advocacy work in land trust understanding. Because the more of us who understand what land trust do, the more that we can actually um, advocate for them. We can, uh, you know, have our state government creating new policies that support the land trust model even more and really ensure that they are funded because development projects are not cheap, as you can imagine. And it's not just about the, you know, ways that it is here in Seattle or something, just all over the country. You know, community development is one of those things that is such a thread of so many communities, and yet it's almost always underfunded. And so the more we can do to uplift the understanding of the need for these models in our communities, the more maybe we can begin to make sure that they are funded in a sustainable way that allows them to be a part of recurring funding uh, year over year that allows for them to grow, not only their staff, but also the projects that they can create by, you know, being one of those uh, amazing ways that we can uh, fight back against the rising costs of living and also the rising costs of home ownership, which is such a staple in terms of generational wealth building, as we know. And y'all know, I could talk about this 
for decades, probably, because for me, there's something that is so essential in understanding how we build generational wealth and how we fight back against, uh, you know, gentrification. How do we disrupt it? Well, this is a great model to do so. So if you are looking to learn more, get plugged in. This is a great opportunity for you to do that. I would also say, go to these websites, go to homesteadclt.org, go to africatownlandtrust.org, you know, find out what are they doing? How can you tap in? How can you volunteer? How can you utilize some of your time, talent, and treasure to benefit these amazing organizations that are doing phenomenal work on the ground to ensure that they are not only disrupting gentrification, but they're providing opportunities for people of the global majority to come back into the communities that birth and raise them. Uh, y'all, I'm just in, in excited. I'm so glad y'all were with me today. You know, I'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. And until then, y'all, peace. <laughs> Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.